Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So, Vic, do you think you might have ADHD? Well, listeners keep emailing me telling me that they think I do, so probably. Mind you, listeners also email us saying we talk too much about your mum's feet. So what do they know? Yeah, fair enough. I honestly had no idea about the connection between overdrinking and ADHD until we started this podcast. About 40% of people that have had any sort of drinking issues also apparently have ADHD. Whenever we chat to ex-drinkers, this comes up more than you'd believe. If you have ADHD or suspect you might or just want to learn about this link, then we would encourage you to check out the I Have ADHD podcast. It's the place where adults with ADHD find research-based information, validation and tons of support. This is the best way to feel less alone and hear some of the answers to the questions you've been sitting with for too long. You'll hear detailed descriptions of what it means to have ADHD and enjoy interviews with the foremost experts in the industry so that you don't have to read those ADHD books that are collecting dust on your shelf. Yeah. Listen to the I Have ADHD podcast and learn how ADHD affects every aspect of your life, from the boardroom to the bedroom. In the podcast, you'll also hear about their ADHD coaching program, which is called Focused. Focused is made up of three pillars, courses, coaching and community. It is designed to help you build your own self-improvement program and is perfect for the ADHD brain. And you can get $50 off the course just by using the code SOBER, S-O-B-E-R. So if you're tired of feeling stuck and don't know where to start, listen to the I Have ADHD podcast. The kettle's boiled, Vic. Great. Perfect timing. Just a dash of milk for me, please, mate. Here you go. Shall we get started then? Have you ever woken up on a Sunday morning and said, I'm never drinking again, and then found yourself waving 50 bucks at a barman by happy hour? Are you wondering why everyone else can stop at one, while you head to a dodgy after party with a weird bloke called Disco Dave? If so, it might be time to take a deeper look at your relationship with your reliable social crutch, alcohol. On each episode, we'll investigate our own dysfunctional dealings with booze and find out if it's possible to stop this deeply ingrained habit before things get too messy. Yep, we're going to open up a shame shed of humiliating drinking stories to help you understand why waking up from a booze coma each weekend with a kebab sticking out of your top pocket might actually be negatively impacting your health. Hamish and I are here to delve into what it's like being sober, an unwanted warts and all look into why giving up those cheeky pints or putting down those mummy wines will make you feel happier, help your anxiety and mental health and turn you into the most sparkly authentic version of you. Won't that mean I become boring, though, Vic? Well, Hamish, we'll just have to wait and see. I'm Victoria Vanstone. I'm Hamish Adams-Cairns. And this is Sober Awkward. So what is your favourite chocolate, Alan? Mars bar, Snickers, Cadbury's the big one, one kilogram one or whatever it is. Toblerone? Toblerone, yeah. Anything. Whole Toblerone from the airport? Yep. Yep. With a packet of minstrels? Yep. You polish it all off, will you? <laughs> minstrels. Minstrels. <laughs> what are you doing, Vic? Nothing. You're hiding something there. What is it? Nothing, nothing Hamish. It's just limp ball. Don't worry about it. How many have you had? Uh, 14. 14? 14, yeah, 14. I think you've got a problem. No, no, no. Can no. I have one? No, no, no. Back off, mate. You've got a packet of Back them. off, back One off. lint ball. No, the they're dark, mine. The dark chocolate Spend one. Spend your not own money on your own lint balls. <laughs> Thank enough. you very much. Yeah. I think someone might be experiencing a sugar come down. God, I don't know if there's such a thing as that. Is there really? I reckon there almost definitely is, and we're going to find <laughs> out. You're not having any of these. There's a flipping audio. Get rid of the <laughs> noisy pack out. <laughs> uh, we're going to find out today whether or not that actually is a thing. So today on Sober Awkward, we want to take a look at sugar, delve into the ins and outs of why and when something becomes a problem and how to make sure you don't end up ditching booze and adding a sweet new addiction to the doctor's file. 
Yeah, we're doing this episode because I think it's an it's like an intervention. This isn't it for us? Another one. It's another yeah. one for another one of our one addictions one for another. Of us writing the episode as a subtle way of holding an intervention for the other one. But I think yeah. we both have this problem. <laughs> I think we're going to have to have a Craig David intervention yeah. quite soon, aren't we? I think I can write that. <laughs> I might invite him to come and to help <gasps> you get over your obsession, like face your fear of meeting him Do you and actually that's meet him. How you get over? Yeah, it and then he's him. really rude to you, yeah. and then you're like, oh, you're a wanker. That's Craig it. David's actually a wanker okay so you saying that the way that i need to beat your sugar addiction is just feed you sugar yeah just uh, overdose on sugar and then you'll realize yeah there's a thing called a feeder isn't it it's when an obese person marries somebody who enables them to eat and they funnel them which is something yeah there's a thing called a feeder it's like it's like a type of codependency when you feed someone who is struggling with their weight all i'm picturing is someone feeding their partner through a funnel yeah. Like just pouring melted chocolate through a funnel straight oh, yes. in. Yeah. Oh, now yeah. We're now we're talking. <laughs> I've got a funnel in there. <laughs> I, don't, no, I'm not, I don't want to ask. I don't want to know. Oh, God, that's just weird. Right, so the reason we want to do this episode today is because we get loads of people emailing us about their newfound sugar obsession Mm. and how they feel swapping one addiction for another might actually affect their sobriety. I mean, is it okay to stuff yourself with chocolate or drink 25 coffees when you've given up drinking, or could it just be another way to make yourself feel better? We have all asked ourselves that question. Yes. There's zero guilt attached to eating chocolate now, whereas there used to be. Yes, exactly, because you feel like you deserve it, it's Hamish. than alcohol. For some, giving up drinking is about overcoming an addiction. For others, it's a lifestyle choice. But either way, it's all about health, mental and physical. So how come once you give up one thing, we tend to think it's all right to dabble in another? Sugar being one of the main depravities in which we indulge. I know I've been leaning on the chockey during witching hour. I don't have a problem with it. In my eyes, at least a chocolate doesn't have me flashing my knob at a police officer or waking up with no shoes and one eyebrow missing. Mm, true. The consequences are not as severe as my drinking consequences. Well, at least you can't see them. They probably are consequences health-wise. Although my trousers, like I said, are feeling a bit tighter. That could be anything. And maybe that's not the chocolate. Mm. Let's say that that's not the chocolate so I can continue eating chocolate. I don't know what you're talking about trousers for, Hamish. I don't think I've ever seen you wearing trousers. You're usually in your mankini, which I have noticed disappearing up your arse crack a little yeah, more recently than before. It. It's getting a bit tighter. <laughs> maybe my shoulders have got taller. Though. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, well, I'm not so sure. <laughs> anyway, don't worry. This isn't going to be a podcast about shaming your consumption of Maltesers. We won't be chastising you for your cotton candy gobbling antics or to make you feel bad about your secret bubble tea slurping. No, today we want to celebrate our beautiful bodies and find out what's best for them. Is sugar actually okay in moderation? And why, when you quit wine, do our brains think, ooh, snack time? Quick aside, bubble tea, for you or not for you? Love a bubble tea. Do you? Yep. I've never tried it and I don't think I want to. Okay, so matcha. I'm just going to tell you very quickly about matcha, matcha. which I'm going to make you one in a minute after we've finished recording this podcast. So in Thailand, while I was away, I discovered cold matcha, which is green tea that's ground down. I was having one a day. I was like, green tea ground down. It's good for me. It's healthy. I'm having a lovely, healthy drink. Everyone else is drinking. I'm going to have matcha. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, they're quite sweet. I was like, oh, it's just milk. It's just sweet tea. Then I saw the lady making it condensed milk being poured into the top of it. I was like, no wonder I like it. Yes, it's sugar. Matcha is basically sugar. For me, matcha tastes like soil. I'm open to trying your one. Well, it's sugary soil, so it's nice. Makes it all right. (laughs) I mean, you can put sugar on anything, make it taste all right, can't you? Yeah, true. But I heard a story about bubble tea that sometimes the bubbles stay inside you. I've heard that. That's that's the turn (laughs) off for me. Someone in China had to have their stomach pumped. And it was just bubbles that came out. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that Mark Almond from... Well, no, that was sperm. That was sperm. <laughs> different, different story. It wasn't bubble tea. It's another, another episode. <laughs> so yes, today it's the sober awkward sugar episode where we find out what is too much, the damage is doing to our sober healing bodies, and if it's okay to have some as a treat when you give up booze. Yep, Hamish, is life a box of roses or an unhealthy stroll? Down Quality Street. That's good. That is good. Thank you. Sorry, I'm scraping the barrel here a bit. Or should I say scraping the caramel cake, Amish? And that is less good. Started <sighs> strong and then just petered out. <laughs> 
God help me. Is this just an opportunity for you to write very poor, sweet-related puns? It might be Hamish. You will have to wait and see. And if you're right, at the end of the episode, I promise I'll give you my last Rolo. Yeah, nice. <laughs> okay, let's have a chat. The chat about our own sweet and sour relationships with Sugar Vic. Have you always been a sugary binger or has it escalated since you got sober? Well, let's face it, Haim, I do have a sweet tooth, okay? I have a fuck it button with limp balls, just like I did with booze. Mm. I think, well, nobody's bloody perfect. You need at least one vice, don't you? That is something that reverberates inside my head as I open my tenth shiny packet, revealing the smooth ball of loveliness. Yeah, they are. But did it start before drinking? Yes, I've always had a sweet tooth. I've always loved chocolate puddings. The only time I would ever see my sister at school was when we were up at the counter for a second serving of spotted dick, Hamish. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't supposed to sound rude. Go on, your your second serving of dick, you and your sister. Uh, uh, Holding hands. (laughs) Up at the school canteen. Yeah. Oh no, I can't I can't do it. I can't do this now. Yeah, so I've always had a sweet tooth, but I do realise that this throughout my life has impacted my health. Mm. And I also realise it still makes me an addict of some sorts, yeah. which doesn't really sit well on my kind of sober curriculum vitae. <laughs> I've never really trusted people that didn't like chocolate. It's the same as people that like cats. I don't really like people that like cats. Yeah, I like people that like dogs and I don't trust people that How don't like chocolate. How many people do you know that don't like chocolate? Uh, I wouldn't. I don't know. I don't know anyone. I'd, I would unfriend them. <laughs> yeah. I'd think, why wouldn't you eat chocolate? What is wrong with you? But I, that is exactly how I thought about people that didn't drink. So it's just an immaturity in my own head. I did meet a girl this week who goes, I hate cheese. I was like, yeah. cheese boarding? I hate anything on a cheese board. Like pizza? Oh, I love pizza. Oh, yeah. So, oh, okay. <laughs> you don't hate cheese then. No, it's yeah. like a crucial part of it. I like biscuits, cakes, muffins, put it in my belly. Mm. When I was pregnant, I had EMA during my pregnancy, which was easy muffin access. I had to have one within reach. Uh, it was like a bit of like a 12-step programme. I had to never be 12 steps away from chocolate when I was pregnant. Okay. Craved fizzy cola bottles, not pickles. Yep. I was always having a sweet tooth in every pregnancy. So basically, I had diabetes, Hamish. Yeah. Throughout my pregnancies, I had to inject my stomach with insulin. Well, this is an interesting point. Because pregnancy, you're not drinking, did your sugar intake go up? Definitely. Similar to when you actually gave up drinking for good? Absolutely did. Because wow. in the evenings, I didn't have wine, so therefore I had a piece of chocolate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, I'm on the cusp of having diabetes now, have, since, have been since my last child, which was mm-hmm. four years ago. So... Every time I go to the doctors, I have to do a test because I am very close to having to have medication for diabetes. Wow. And yeah. the only way to undo that is eat less sugar. The only way to undo that is to eat less sugar and be more healthy. Whoa. I think my gallbladder removal was something to do with that. It's mm-hmm. to do with fat and sugar. So that that's why I had to have an operation. Let's face it, yeah. if we're going to really face this head on. Because the problem is I feel like chocolate is being nice to myself and I deserve it like I was with wine until I overdo it and feel sick. I never feel good after eating loads of sugar. Mm. It's true. I wanted to talk a little bit here about my English manners. So this is a situation that happened this week. Since the matcha teas in Thailand and getting home from holiday, I've tried to go sugar free. So I had a really good week last week Mm -hmm. where I didn't have any sugar. And then I invited some of the sober crew from the the big soap for awkward fans. We sometimes have meetups here on the Sunshine Coast. They came over for a cup of tea on Friday morning last week. The lady arrived. She had baked melting moments. Okay, which are? Which are biscuit with cream inside with biscuit on the other end. It's like a double biscuit combo. It's a, tri- right? it's a triple chocolate. It's a, it's a triple. It's, a, it's even a quadruple. <laughs> okay. Sugar intake is huge inside that. So this is something I have a problem with, which is where my English manners mm. come into play. So I have given up sugar completely like I used to with wine, and then somebody offers you something Mm. because they've kindly gone to the effort to make you a sweet treat or buy you a nice bottle of champagne. It's exactly the same situation. So therefore, I ate three biscuits because I couldn't say no because I didn't want to offend her. Mm -hmm. What would you have done in that situation? If you were going no sugar (sighs) and somebody had baked you something that morning that was still warm that you know you're not supposed to be having... And they've gone to the effort for you yeah. with love, and then they hand it to you. You cannot. You're yeah, like me. I am the same. You yeah, would say my, no, my would you? My bucket button would have been would have been hit. 
I, so I, I wonder them. what percentage of English people listening to this yeah. podcast go, yeah, we need the we need the thing. Don't offend the yeah, person. Yeah, can't say no to a biscuit. No, particularly if it's baked. They've they that's put that's taking time. They haven't just I know. bought that. I know. Yeah. I need to be more American about it and just go, yeah, I'm not doing sugar right now or something yeah. like that. I'm sure she would have been very accepting of that. It's just Maybe me. Maybe you need to do a podcast about making it very clear that you're sugar free and then people will know. Like, no one's buying you a bottle of wine now when we come for dinner. True. Right? You've been screaming about okay. it. So, enough. this is the challenge that we might have to take on. We'll talk about it at the end, yeah. but we might have to do that and talk about it now so everybody knows. So, don't be baking me no cookies. No. No. Okay, or so do bake cookies, but do them sugar-free, please. We're not yes. going to turn down cookies. Well, what's the fucking point in that? Okay, sugar-free sorry. cookies. Come on, Hamish. <laughs> I just want cookies. Yeah, I just want, I just want cookies. <laughs> I'm very aware that my sugar intake is high and it's causing me health problems. I try and do clean eats as often as I can, but it creeps back in. As you do say, I don't get panic attacks or flash my boobs at police officers mm. like you said, or wake up in strangers' bed after eating a packet of tree ball mints, for example. Yeah. So that <laughs> part of me makes of it tree ball mints. Yeah, that in sort one of makes sitting. Yeah, crazy days. <laughs> but that sort of makes it okay. So I sort of make eating chocolate or make eating mm. sugar okay in my brain. Even when I try and be healthy, it sort of slips in like the condensed milk in the matcha. So it's not good. My relationship with sugar is as toxic as my relationship with alcohol. Yeah. It's just that the consequences aren't as as confronting. I've got two questions. Firstly, mm. is it every day that you eat a chocolate or a sweetie? I would say, well, at the moment I'm not eating any chocolate. Yeah, yeah. But it probably means I have three handfuls of nuts, which is probably really bad. On yeah, that's nah, probably yeah. right. Um, we'll do the fat episode next. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say if I'm not on a clean eating thing, I am probably having maybe three bits of chocolate a night. Okay, well, that answers my second question. My second question was going to be, once you start, can you not stop in the same way that your relationship with alcohol? You know, could you have one square of chocolate and call it a night? Yes. Or, okay, so interesting. I need that chocolate. Yeah. That one or two bits, but I'm not one who goes mad and stuffs and the whole packet. The no, whole thing, unless yeah. it's Easter or Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Or someone's birthday. Or your birthday. Yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> National Blue Day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I always find a reason to eat chocolate and an excuse to not stick to my diet. Yeah. I don't say diet, I say lifestyle choice, Hamish. We don't say okay, diet on this nice. podcast. Like me and hypnobirthing, we don't say contraction, we say surge. Yes. It's all just wordplay, but we enjoy it. Yeah. For me, slightly different story, as I said. So my relationship with sweets started from a young age. Yeah. Liz sees this as child cruelty. <laughs> so we were not allowed sweets in the house. We were not allowed chewing gum. The only time that we ate chocolate was if my parents had a dinner party. We were like upstairs by now. And someone brought, say, um, you said Quality Street, right? And there's the one Quality Street that everyone hates. Usually coffee flavoured or coconut flavoured. Fairly safe bet. Mm, strawberry as well. People don't like oh, strawberry. I quite like, yeah, quite mm. like so no one around the table wanted it. So my parents would shout for me or my brother. We'd come down, eat the shit one, but felt like it was a huge treat. That, so is, that is child cruelty. Is it child cruelty? Yes. And I think the result of that can go one of two ways. Either you rebel and you just gorge yourself on sweets for the rest of your life because yeah. you were deprived as a child, or you maintain that. And actually for me... Chocolates I do eat, sweets not really, like mm. fizzy colour bottles you mentioned. I don't buy sweets anymore. If I go to a kid's party and there's some sweets there, sure, I'll, I'll have a fizzy colour bottle. But yeah, I've not bought a packet of Haribo or mm. wine gums, anything like that, for like years and years and years. Yeah, I do think you grow out of those sort of sweets. You tend to go for like a more, well, you sort of convince yourself that a higher quality chocolate yeah. is a more adult thing yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like lint balls, exactly. Yeah. Also, I guess for me, when I eat sweet things now, it's chocolates, it is ice cream. After dinner, most nights, we have an ice cream or a frozen yogurt mm. cream thing, ice cream thing. And then I think really that like the more I got into fitness, the less I eight sweets. So 2015, I did a year of lots of marathons and stuff. And that year I happened to also give up soft drinks. Okay. And I drunk much, much less booze. Have you drunk a lot of soft drinks throughout your life? Because that's not something I've ever done is not drink really soft drinks. as a child. But yeah, yeah, I probably, yeah. Oh, there's a good hangover cure. Yeah, of course. So plenty of like Dr. Peppers and Cokes when I was hungover. Yeah, we thought it was a good hangover cure. I'm not sure that's actually true. I reckon true. it is short term. It's just a you, huge hit of sugar. It's just the sugar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what it is. Um, and it's drinking some liquid that's not alcohol. So yeah, yeah, I reckon. And it's just in your head. You think that that's 
that's working. The kids were drinking a lot of soft drinks in Thailand and we allowed them to have one a day because we were in yeah. holiday, which doesn't even sit well with me. No. But we noticed in Thailand there's all these different types of Fantas, like red, yeah, orange, yeah, yeah, yeah. green and, and another one. And we found the green one, for some reason, it must the E numbers in it must be mm-hmm. different to everything else. The green one, they all went mental. Interesting. Yeah, we had to ban the green Fanta in the end. Yeah. But they wanted, well, not only was it bad in a sugar sense, it's plastic in plastic in plastic mm. in Thailand. So you got the drink in the cup, then a plastic lid, then a plastic mm. straw, and then they put it in a plastic bag. Yeah, that's Oh, it's bad. bonkers, yeah. So, well, yeah. anyone that doesn't believe that sugar is an addiction, just look at any child ever. Yeah, they just go mad Deprive them of the sugary drink or yeah. the ice cream and they go freaking insane. Yeah. Like we all did, you know? Yeah. My greatest Achilles heel when it comes to sugar intake is it's about lunchtime. I work on the road quite a lot, so Liz isn't there. And uh, it's about lunchtime and I'm running low on energy. Then my morning coffee is worn off. I've got a full belly of whatever I had for lunch. So I'm feeling lethargic and I justify going to a supermarket and getting a discounted $1 chocolate bar. And I do that most days I'm on the road. Do you, Hamish? I'm surprised by that. Not a big one, but like a Snickers or... Right. It has to be a dollar. If it's two, I'm like, nah, nah, nah. So if it's discounted... I can justify it. And I think, well, it's just a sugar hit to get me through the afternoon of work. Yeah, yeah. That's the thought process. Okay. So I probably do that easily two or three times a week. So both of us are of the habit of making it okay. Yeah, justify Mentally, we justify it. We're not drinking. We're just having a bit of chocolate. It's fine. Nobody's getting hurt. Nobody's getting flashed at. We're Mm -hmm. all right. Yeah. My favourite chocolate desserts, Hamish... Well, I like one when I'm out for dinner, which would be a chocolate volcano. You know, those ones where you dip the spoon in and it's all like melty oh, inside. Yeah, like, I mean, um, if that's on the menu, I can't say no to that. Yeah. Oh, I do like share it normally. The goo ones. You know, oh, goo? Yes. We don't get them here, which is no, probably no. A, a blessing in disguise. Oh, delicious. Yeah. I love a panna cotta because I feel that like uh-huh. that's healthy, but I know that's probably got loads of sugar in it as well. It tastes amazing. It has to, has to have sugar in it. Anything with caramel in it, delicious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anything chocolate mousse in it. Mm-hmm. Chocolate mousse I asked for my dessert from at my wedding. It actually got flicked all over the place. People were drunk and started flying it around, mm. which was a shame. I was sort of leaping in the air to try and get it yeah, in Yeah, just house. licking the walls. <laughs> yeah. In my wedding dress. What are you doing over there? Nothing. Yes, what's your favourite? Okay, so me, this is my dad's fault. Um, anything hot and cold. So if it is a hot chocolate pudding... Mm. with ice cream oh, or yes. a hot something with a blob of cream on it. Oh, like hot custard with bananas. Yeah. Yes. So he will literally go to restaurants like around the world who don't speak English, but have you got anything hot and cold? Is that served hot? Can you heat that up and serve it with the ice cream? Oh, yeah. So it's a hot and cold, cold combination. Hot apple pie with cold ice that's cream. It. That's nice. it. Nice. Yeah, that so is a that's good combo. So that's the absolute ultimate. This is going to make me sound like an asshole, but we're recording this in January in France, do you know about the Galette de Roi? Oh, you lived in France, you know about the Galette de Roi. The Galette de Roi, the king this? of the cakes, does that yeah, mean? So yeah, so it's like a... It's like not a exactly flan. a cake. You no, know, it's not flan. It's more like, I think it's like almondy. But yes. it's like a, it's a circle. There's a small hidden coin in it. Oh, yes. And if you get the piece that's got the little coin in it, you're the king. Okay, And yes. you can choose a queen. And that, and it, you can only get it in January. They're actually, I saw it here. Oh, really? I actually saw it here, but it didn't look good, so I didn't go for it. But um, only in January can you find it. Anywhere in the world. Weird. That's my favourite pudding. Oh, is it? Yeah. Is oh. it like marzipan, is it? No, it's not. I'll oh, have to find out. We'll it, find out. We'll, yeah. we'll put a recipe we'll put on. We'll put a recipe yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. It's a good idea. I'm intrigued. Um, magnum ice creams. Yeah. White chocolate me. one's my favourite one. Yep, yeah, magnum ice creams. And anything with salted caramel. Hamish, here are we talking about any sort of fruits as well? We're not really. We're in for the natural stuff. Well, that aren't we? we need to talk about this. Yeah, we need to talk You've about given this. up sugar. Yeah. Fruit is full of sugar. Does fruit count? I don't think so. For me, it I'm doesn't. I'm happy to keep eating fruit. Yeah, because like fruit's it's not got cheating. it's healthy. It's yeah, things that are processed. I would say it's a lot. It's okay. different, isn't it? We need the fine Fructose. print. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah. We need the fine print because where do you stop? Like, there's no way I'm going to stop eating bananas. No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> there's another addiction. Banana episode coming up yeah. next week. Yeah. <laughs> so, what's wrong with eating chalky mousse, and why do we crave sugar, especially when we're sober? Sugars are a type of carbohydrate. Sugar itself does not contain any essential nutrients. So there Mm. we are, kidding ourselves, Hamish. It only provides energy. So why is it bad for you? And let's not sugarcoat it here. We're not... See, you've written that and I've read it and it's a really good joke. Yeah, see, it is. Thank you for giving me that line. Um, So let's not sugarcoat it here. We're not a couple of Willy Wonkers. Less good. Willy Wanker. Yeah. You're a Willy Wanker. (laughs) 
Honestly, when I had a look, I was so surprised to find the impacts were so similar to alcohol. Okay, so listen to these. It can cause weight gain, of course. Not a huge shock. May increase your risk of heart disease, same as alcohol. Mm-hmm. Linked to acne. Is it? Yep. I don't know, know why. Yep. That's why you've got such a spotty face. Yeah. And a spotty body again. Your spotty body comes up all the time, doesn't <laughs> That's it? That's come up more than I like it too. It in- increases your risk of type 2 diabetes, of course. We yep. know that. May increase your risk of cancer. Sugar mm. is cancer causing. How is about it? that? Yes. May increase your risk of depression. Sugar, we're talking about mental, may accelerate the skin aging process, can increase cellular aging, drains your energy, Mm. can lead to fatty liver. Not to put you off or anything. Yeah. Wow. That. Yeah, I didn't know most of that stuff. Can put on weight, diabetes, I'd have known. Cancer, depression, bad for your skin. Drain uh, drain, drain your energy. I guess it does long term, isn't it? Well, yeah, because you peak and then you kind of have a crash. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you about, we just we just went camping with these friends of ours who've got three kids and they were allowed an ice cream every day. Mm. And every day I watched them go mental. How long? Just a couple of minutes after finishing it? I set a timer. Oh, well so done. So they, uh, yeah, by about days. Remind me not to go on holiday with you. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just here judging your parenting, yeah. not saying anything. Um, so I set a timer, yeah, 25 minutes. 25 minutes so for I the said, intake, yeah, right? Yeah, I said 25 minutes, the, these kids would be kicking off. Yes, yeah, so it's like a drug cut. It's probably about the same as alcohol and drugs there, yeah. 25 minutes, yeah. yeah. And I saw them one day, they didn't let them. You know, they said, you're misbehaving, you're not having them, and they lost it. It was, yeah, it was like... Oh, so they still got the the, the fallout because they yeah, couldn't have no, it, so it was like no a upside. withdrawal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God. Yeah, so basically it's bad for you, which I must say, what's your name? Hamish. Which I must say, Hamish... <laughs> Fiddlesticks. I don't know why I've put that in there because I swear like a trooper most of the time. Why have I put fiddlesticks? That's very PG. Fuck this. (laughs) (laughs) That's annoying. I don't want it to be bad for me. But why is everything that's bad for you? Why does it make you feel so nice? With chocolate for me, it's the melting point. That perfect melting moment Mm. like that girl brought round. So, Hayne, when you stopped boozing six months ago, did chocolate shout at you from the pantry or was it just a whisper? (laughs) Let's just have a moment. Let's just have a moment for that joke. Do they there. need to be English and know that whisper is a type of chocolate to Probably. understand that joke? I mean, I wrote that joke and I had to have I had to almost like go and step outside for a moment because I think it was like my my peak, my writing peak. You did call me and said, Hey, I think I've written the best joke I've ever written. I'm just gonna repeat it for everybody there. Go on. In case you missed it. So yeah, just in case you missed it. When you stopped boozing six months ago, did chocolate shout at you from the pantry or was it just a whisper? Boom, boom. It is your best. Thank you very much. Carry on, let's move on. I've now actually thought of the pudding that I was thinking of earlier. Oh, yeah. Again, I don't know if I should share this as a recipe. Um, Not a whisper, but Mars bar. So what you do is, okay, you have vanilla ice cream. This is, my mum used to make this. Vanilla ice cream. And then on the hob, you melt Mars bars Mm. just with a, just with a splash of milk. And what happens is when you pour that melted Mars bar sauce onto the ice cream, it goes hard. Oh, yeah. Like a, like magic. Ice magic. It was the what chocolate. Ice magic was the squeezy thing <laughs> oh, you had in England. Yeah, and you yeah, squeezed yeah, on yeah, ice yeah. cream and it was minty flavoured and you cracked it. Yeah. Yeah, same thing. That. We had a lot of that growing up. Delicious. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Not anymore. So I think on my first night of sobriety, instead of having a beer, I decided to treat myself with some sweet nibbles. Right? I, th- I actually do think it was a lint ball on that occasion. I decided that I deserved something nice for being such a good boy. I assumed that chocolate was better for me. And like you, I decided a teeny weeny vice was OK. But soon my need grew and I found myself buying more snacks at the supermarket in the afternoons. It wasn't just an after dinner thing anymore. And yeah, once that once I popped, I guess that has continued yeah i've not shaken off that habit since i got started i think it's a psychological trick saying don't worry it's just a little bit it's better than booze you can start the diet tomorrow one gummy snake won't hurt it's just like alcohol and that naughty moderation pixie all over again only this time he looks a bit like the haribo bear haribo haribo (laughs) haribo bobo he's german maybe it is haribo so why do we get these sugar cravings so badly in sobriety? Well, there are many reasons, Vic. Let's have a look. Okay. So to start with, alcohol and sugar both 
boost our levels of dopamine. We've spoken a lot about dopamine on this podcast. That is the reward chemical in the brain which triggers feelings of pleasure. So when we stop drinking, we might crave sugar to trigger the dopamine release we were getting from alcohol. I told you earlier, I've listened to this podcast at the moment. Huberman Lab interviewing a doctor called Dr. Anna Lemke. She's written a book called The Dopamine Nation. And she says in it, it takes about 30 days. It's about dopamine, but really it's about addiction. She says it takes about 30 days to get over an addiction. And the reason for that is because when you drink or use a drug, um, it gives you a hit of dopamine like sugar does. So when you stop it, you are in a, a dopamine deficit that takes about 30 days to recalibrate. So when we give up or when I gave up recently, I probably felt that dopamine deficit and went, boom, sugar. There you go. Another form of dopamine that, that replaces it. But yeah. Really, I could wait 30 days and you probably don't need that craving. Okay, so the but craving would daunting. level up. Give up alcohol and sugar at the same time. Yeah, that's daunting. Yeah, that's we would never recommend that. Yeah, no, that's too much. Gosh, alcohol is converted to sugar in the blood. So when we don't have it anymore, we desire sugar in other forms. That's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. We're taking one sugar away, which is alcohol. So therefore, we're going to look out for where we can get it elsewhere. A lot of people say that, don't they? They write to us and say they they didn't realise how much sugar was in alcohol until they gave up alcohol. Yeah. And I'm still craving it. But even when I found out those stats, I was like, oh, that means I can have chocolate because yeah. I've been having sugar anyway. So therefore, I can still have sugar now because I'm having it in a different form. I would like made to it okay. know in blocks of chocolate, how many blocks of chocolate are in a beer, wine, cocktail. That would be a, a scale I would like to see. Okay. Wait a second. Let's look that up quickly. If you would like to support the Sober Awkward podcast, we're excited to announce that we've joined Patreon. Patreon is a membership platform which allows you to give back for the content you love. By buying Sober Awkward a cuppa once a month, we can keep the giggles coming and continue sharing our sobriety message. By joining Patreon, you get access to Sober Awkward merch, extra content, special promos and loads more. Just find the link in the show notes or head to patreon.com and search for Sober Awkward. And together we can learn how to feel the awkward and do it anyway. So actually, Hamish, I just looked it up and there's about 200 calories in the average alcoholic drink and about 500 to 1,000 calories in a dessert. But of course, you never normally have one drink. So let's say you have five. That's going to be 1,000 calories, which is going to be the same as one dessert. So actually, they're pretty much the same. So you're going to be searching out the same amount of sugar as you did with alcohol. Interesting. So, yeah. Actually, knowing that now, I know we're talking about calories rather than sugar. I would have thought initially I've given up booze so I can eat lots of chocolate. Yeah. Whereas actually there's a lot of sugar in chocolate and not that much sugar in booze. Yes. So actually having two chocolate bars is like having 10 drinks. Yep. Sugar wise. So it's a bad, it's a bad replacement. It is a bad replacement. Yeah. It's an unhealthy replacement, not, unfortunately. It's not necessarily the healthier option it's in definitely terms not. of sugar. Well, safety wise, it's different. It's, sure. it's hard to weigh up, isn't it? Yeah, safety yeah, yeah. wise, addiction wise, like sugar is going to be better. We'll talk a bit more about that in a mm. minute. That's the first time we've ever paused an episode to do research on the go. <laughs> yeah. It would be about sugar. Uh, sugar's the only thing we're too interested enough to pause and research and then relay live. Because we know it's bad, but we keep on doing <laughs> but it. But we keep scrolling through the internet trying Please, to find yes. articles that tell us it's good. Please tell us it's okay. Oh, funny. Psychologically, if we've been using alcohol as a treat or reward, we need to find other treats and rewards to replace it. Sugar often becomes an alcohol replacement after meals, in the evening after a hard day's work, or at weekends when we want something to look forward to. Sure does. Why? Yeah, just I because it's, it's a really it's easy a treat. one, it's isn't it? It's a treat, yeah. It's the feeling of a vice and feeling of you've still got something that's yours. Yeah. It's my special moment to have my little bit of chocolate and mm. no one can annoy me. It's just my little moment to myself. Yeah. It's a control thing as well. It's fucked up. Some scientists argue that sugar in itself is addictive because of the dopamine effect, of course. Mm -hmm. The more we eat it, the more we want it. Sure. Sugar can also help alleviate boredom. If alcohol used to do this job for you, then it makes sense that sugar could fill in its place. For sure. So let's have a refresher. The Ref re uh, um. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that is a good... There are so many good ones in this. I think maybe this is your... Yeah. 
This is like your perfect episode. I put subtle ones in there that yeah. I knew you wouldn't get. Refreshers, oh, in, just in case anyone doesn't know, is a type of sweet in England. So, yes, it re- this is really going to appeal to the UK audience. These are all <laughs> yeah. quite niche UK 80s, sweets. 80s sweets. What was the mint we talked about earlier? Treebore like, mint. <laughs> no one's going to know Tree-bore what mints are a mint a bit stronger. <laughs> Stick them up your bum and you'll last a bit longer. Did you used to sing that at school? No. Okay, let's carry on. <laughs> you didn't have a lot of friends at school, did you? No. <laughs> True. That might be why. (laughs) The reason you get sugar cravings after quitting alcohol is all in the brain. Eating sweets causes your brain to release dopamine, the reward-based chemical that makes you feel good. Alcohol also gives you a hit of dopamine. When you quit alcohol, your body knows it can reach a similar state with sugar. Now, there is some... There are other ways to get dopamine. I don't know if we say it later on, but yeah. Exercise. Yes. Meditation. Um, sex sex yeah body and body touch um, yeah there's more healthy ways to do it than eating sugar yeah search out better dopamine hits is what we're going to try and say to you have here. more sex is what yeah, we're saying yeah have more sex people <laughs> give up alcohol have more sex yeah um, <laughs> we're not doctors we're not doctors no <laughs> and don't email us and say well actually we're blah, not going to have blah, sex with you yeah <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Send photos and we'll make a, we'll make a decision yeah. as a family. Send nudes. Figured Hamish at soberawkward.com. Now, there is something called a sugar hangover. I had a little read up on this and surprisingly, it's not that different from a booze hangover. If you've ever woken up in a pile of junk food wrappers or just, you know, overdone it on the Halloween candy, you may be familiar with the feeling of a sugar hangover. The unpleasantness you're left with several hours after going all in on sweets, headache, fatigue, shakiness, general crappiness, can feel eerily like a booze-induced hangover. But what causes this cascade of awkward symptoms is the fluctuation of glucose in your system. If this goes out of whack, you'll experience a high blood sugar or hypoglycemia, making you feel lethargic and a bit crummy for a few hours. Now, I think I've been experiencing this a lot since going sober. So we often talk about the smugness of sobriety, which I usually or expected to feel the morning after big events when everyone is hungover. But New Year's Day, the day after the weddings I've been to, and after a few of the birthdays that I've gone to sober, all of them I've woken up not feeling good. Mm. And this is so unfair. This is the day I'm meant to be feeling amazing. And I wonder if I probably just ate more sugar or drunk more sugar drinks those nights. So you did have some sort of hangover. I had a hangover on the mornings after these big events. I bet you 100% it's sugar. Yeah. Yeah, that is interesting, Hamish. And I do that too. Like now if I eat sugar, I treat myself as it were, I get a headache. I get a headache Mm. straight away within half an hour and I say to my husband, oh, I've got a really bad headache. He said, you just had 10 lint balls. I'm like, well, surely that's all right. Why would that give me a headache? It's because I don't do it often Mm. and then I indulge in it and I, I, I get a reaction to it. And it's my body saying, please don't do this to me, yeah. like it was with alcohol. But I just choose to ignore it because the pleasure outweighs the pain. Yeah, the short term. Short term, yeah. yeah. Do you think sugar intake is bad, Hamish? Let's really talk about this. Do you need some sort of ice cream intervention? So I've not reached panic levels yet. So I don't. we don't really have any snacks in the house. We don't keep bars of chocolate in the house really we always have we only buy the paddle pop ice cream which is very low in calories okay. um, if it's on sale okay. so we always have paddle pops in the house as long as they're on sale yeah and they are fairly good for you basically mm. you're a bit tight aren't you with your chocolates um, like, you want paddle pops on sale you only spend a dollar well, that's like... just another way of justifying it isn't it okay, like making it's cheap. it hard that's... for yourself they're oh, not always on sale. So, like, recognise that about yourself. That's yeah. what you do. That's funny. See, I would rather spend the money. I'll do the opposite. Okay, go on. So I would rather spend the money on a really posh chocolate and then eat small pieces of it so yeah. that it doesn't waste my money and then, therefore, that makes it okay in my head. Okay, yeah, yeah, that is good. Okay, so we're both sort of doing a similar sort of thing. Yeah, for me, I think trying to have rules around it makes it harder to do. If I was just like, whatever, yeah, like, just we always have day. paddle pops in the freezer, Yeah, then we'd always have paddle pops in the freezer. Yeah. If like, you can only buy it for on sale, that's Liz's rule, then we have them less often. Okay, yeah. And actually, when they're not on sale, now we have frozen yoghurt, which is probably equally as bad. Yeah, and I can never afford posh chocolate, so therefore I don't have it in the house. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you check your back balance and go, no, can't yeah. do it. Um, I, yeah, like I said, I justify it along with an increase in my caffeine intake by the fact that I'm a new dad. Mm. I'm low energy, I'm tired after lunch, 
I'll have a chocolate or have a, a second or even a third coffee. That's cool. I'm a new dad. I'm, I'm allowed to do that. Right. So again, so sort of finding ways around yes. it rather than maybe addressing the actual problem. Um, I've always been good at avoiding soft drinks. I've never been a huge soft drink drinker, like we've said. Ice cream after dinner is an Achilles heel. Like, yeah, like I said at the beginning, because the guilt has been removed from eating sugar, it could become a slippery slope. Mm. It hasn't yet. I'm not worried about it yet, but it could easily get worse. Because of giving up drinking? Because, yeah, I'm not drinking. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a picture yeah. of health. Yeah, I don't know. What about you? <laughs> Where <are> you? <laughs> You're not my picture of health. <laughs> Where are you at with it? Are you are you beating yourself up? I mean, you've obviously just started oh. this sugar free. So yeah, where? How do you look at your addiction or relationship with sugar? It is a roller coaster mm. for me. I'm on. I'm off. Good days, bad days. I'm either being a piggy wiggy and snuffling around in the snack drawer, or I'm making my own bliss balls. Percy Pig would have been an opportunity. Yeah, to, Percy yeah. Pigs. Of course. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> yeah. So I. I go up and down with it and I find it really hard because I do feel like I deserve a treat for giving up drinking. Mm, mm. Giving up drinking was a very hard thing to do. So therefore yeah. I feel like I need a prize on a daily basis. And you can only drink basis. so much tea. You can only drink so much <laughs> tree and fizzy water. Yeah. So I need a prize. It's like a prize, okay. like a medal for me. It's like mm-hmm. someone going, well done. You've done a good job. Here you go. Yeah. It's like my personal prize to myself. I've got to get out of that mindset. As I said, I get a headache every time. I'm definitely conscious of it. I know that I shouldn't be doing it. In Thailand, it was the matches and sticky rice was another issue. They made their own coconut ice cream there with sticky rice on the bottom and and like just the most delicious peanuts, roasted peanuts. Ice cream with rice? Yeah, sticky rice and ice cream. I'll make it for you one day. It's the most delicious thing. That's another recipe we'll be sharing because it is. We need some special device for the sticky rice. Basic cookbook this episode. It is amazing, yeah. (laughs) It's amazing, but it's bad for you. Yeah. Um... I made the decision on holiday, which I don't know whether it's a good thing, that eating it was better than not eating it. <laughs> okay. Where's the logic? Th- the logic was this is so delicious that yeah. there is nothing in this world that is going to stop me eating it. Yeah. No matter if I put on weight or, the sh- or I get diabetes, this is so delicious. <laughs> therefore, I don't care anymore because not my, worth, my life is not worth living if I don't eat this every day. Wow. Yeah. Spoken like a true addict. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that mental? That is mental. Yeah, I made a mental decision. I've thought about it. I said to John, nothing is worth not doing this. <laughs> I guess what I, where I would have gone with you is I would have gone, we're in, we're in Thailand. Yes. You know, we're not going to be back here every year. Yeah. They're the masters at making this delicacy. Yeah. We'd be, it'd be, we'd be missing out on the experience if we didn't eat it. Yeah. That's how I would And do. I'd be like, yeah, okay, I'm <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, you don't need Any convincing. excuse, yeah. So basically, when I left for holiday, I was feeling really, really fit. Yeah, yeah. And when I came back, I wasn't. Mm. I started eating sugar while I was away. I went from feeling really fit and healthy, not eating sugar, to eating sugar on holiday and feeling a bit shitty about myself the whole time. Okay. About my body and about eating sugar. It it generally makes me feel pretty crappy about myself. Mm. And it's a mental thing. It's like a self-loathing thing. Why are you doing this? And then I find myself doing it again. So it's the same with alcohol. I hated it, but yet I kept on doing it. So I'm clean eating again now, obviously. Um, I need to give myself a break sometimes. So therefore, when I go really hard on the clean eating, I'm like, well, why am I doing this? Life's for living. Again, making excuses. And then I allow a treat to sort of slip into my life. I need to be better at then stopping it. Maybe like having one a week or, Mm. you know, having a set time where I can go, right, I can have a chocolate now. I don't know. We could so easily be talking about alcohol, couldn't we? I know, that's what's so interesting about it. What you're talking about there is moderating. You're talking about that treat. You're talking yep. about just at weekends, like this could easily be alcohol. It is the same. It's a drug. It's yeah. like it is a drug. I mean, I'm sure it is. Is it registered as a drug? Probably not. <laughs> no, probably no, it not. should be. Yeah. God, surely being sober is a free pass <laughs> for a sweet dessert. <laughs> Hamish, are there any benefits of eating Brussels sprouts instead of sugar in sobriety? No. See, that's the thing. I think at the end of this episode, we should be going. Well, you know, there are lots of other ways you can treat yourself that aren't sugar, but. I don't know what, what they are. No. You know, like we should be able to give advice, but... Go for a walk. Yeah, yeah, go for a walk. I did a poll on Cuppa. A poll? I always get that wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I did a poll on Cuppa and asked our lovely Sober Awkward fans about their sugar intake. There were five answers, which were happy, it's better than alcohol. That's what mm-hmm. their relationship yep. was like. 25% 
were said, yep, they're happy, it's better than alcohol. Mm-hmm. 3% said they feel shit, it causes them a headache. 35% said, I think it's okay in moderation. Mm-hmm. 7% said, I avoid it, it's just another addiction. Mm-hmm. And 28% said, I'm worried about my consumption as I know it's bad. Yeah. So that's quite a lot, isn't yeah, it, that yeah, know yeah. it's bad. Um, Stephanie said, weirdly for me, I eat even better now without alcohol. She says, it's more about fitness. Mm-hmm. Someone says, coming six months over, I've had huge cravings for the first month and then it's subsided. I think that's something that definitely happens in early sobriety and perhaps it's something you sort out later. Um, Somebody else, Amanda said, I always felt like I had a savoury tooth until I stopped drinking. Now I eat chocolate most days, but never in excess. So everyone is really aware of Mm. their sugar intake once they've given up alcohol. The truth is, cutting down on sugar will make you happier. Or should I say less flaky, Vic? Oh, yes. Good one, Hamish. Well mm, done. It's okay. I'll allow that one. If you eat a packet of digestives instead of downing a bottle of wine, then that's a good thing. But long term, that won't be sustainable. You will feel unhealthy and that fact in itself could actually turn you back to drinking. I think we actually need to get out of that mindset altogether. You know, go, well, it's not as bad as booze. Well, there you go, well... I drink a bottle of wine every night, but it's, you know it's better than me doing heroin. You know, like yeah. it's 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 a it's not a healthy it's not a healthy mindset, mindset to, no. to always compare it to to is it is it disastrous size? There's a word for disastrous that, size, yeah, something word, like that, yeah. yeah. And also having something to make ourselves feel better, mm. which is what you do with any drug, with anything that you put into your body, you're often doing it to take yourself into a different state of mind, yeah. hoping that you're going to feel better. So I think the message is here that you've got to learn to feel okay all the time without putting anything into your mm. body that's going to affect your mood. And that is a big statement to say because you know some people have to take medication for depression mm. or other things. But really in the long term, I think not putting anything in your body that's going to affect the way your brain chemicals work or any changes in your body and brain, then that's going to be the best thing to do is to actually not put anything into your body and live on this more content line rather than this up and down with highs and lows. Absolutely. Sobriety, especially early on, is shaky ground. So anything else that makes you feel like a bit moody or depressed might actually lead you back into what you've given up. I know when I do pick out on sugar, I feel like I've let myself down and mentally that's not a good place for a sober person to be. It's risky. I think a risk is a type of chocolate bar, Hamish. But yeah, a risk was a, was a one in the 80s. Risk bar. I'm sure you're not thinking of that game. Oh yeah, that was a, little, a game, yeah. A little army soldiers. We have to look that one up. Remind me to never play Risk. Yeah, it's so shit. Yeah. It's so boring. Yeah, it's not the game. What's the other one you play? Battleships. That's boring as well. It's pretty boring, yeah. Yeah, I used yeah. to think Battleships, I don't know, I bought or, it recently. Did you ever play shit. Warhammer? No, that's... No, just yeah. paint them. Yeah, shit. So some shit kids games <laughs> well, we'll around. Write a list of... of um, Recipes and a, a list of shit games in yeah. sober notes for this one. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Never play Kaplunk. There you go. Oh, Kaplunk's okay. Yeah, Kaplunk's pretty good, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a game in a minute. Um, feeling bad about yourself will mean that you want to feel better and you'll search out that dopamine hit, just like booze. The trick is to accept a level of comfort in life that doesn't involve the need to make yourself feel better. Exactly what we just said, like yeah. you just said. You might also want to try lots of other common ways of increasing your dopamine without stuffing your face. Like we said, exercise, meditating, having a massage, having some sex, getting enough sleep. All of those things can increase your dopamine more naturally than lint. Yeah, lint. Mr. Yeah. Lint. Damn Mr. you, lint. <laughs> right, my problem is, Hamish, that I start something like clean eating or a specific exercise group or a routine and then I get bored, yeah. a bit like battleships. I reckon this is common in anyone that has got that that has a history of being addicted to booze. Yeah, like, not good at being bored. Not that is good. basically what drives yeah. most people to alcohol. Yeah, and because your brain is overworking all the time, yeah. so you want something to kind of bring you down, don't you, and mm-hmm. relax you. I start to lose all my good intentions because I can't find the variety I crave or the satisfaction that I'm after. Alternatives to sugar can be bland for me and I get fed up of being a goody two-shoes. Yeah, you're yeah. going to get a taste of bananas. That's yeah. what's going to happen on, yeah. this, on this sugar-free month. 
It's hard to be good all the time, though, isn't it? I mean, I know, know I feel much better when I feel fit, but if I do go off the rails and gorge on caramel popcorn and jelly babies, I've learned not to worry about it too much. You know, you don't beat yourself up. Sugar is way less toxic than booze. It's perhaps just a newly sober phase. You're still healthier than you would have been if you'd carried on drinking, and maybe you'll address this in a month or two months and slowly chip away until you're at a stage where you're okay feeling fine all the time yeah i think if you have to think of sobriety as a as a timeline mm. almost and there are so many different stages of of it there's the early part where you might lean on sugar because that's just what's at hand and that's easier and that gets you through a craving brilliant mm. then there's the next stage where you start to find yourself and understand your body and mentally heal a little bit then you can lessen with the sugar and then there's kind of the bit where you saw three or four years in where you start to just to completely feel confident in yourself mm. and be strong enough to be able to make the changes with things like sugar and not do it anymore yeah yeah so there is a timeline so you've got to respect that timeline and adhere to it in some ways and know that it isn't going to be forever with something like sugar and, and just have a plan for that sure. timeline yeah and you can be kind to yourself that sugar thing might take years yeah you know it might not be our oh, one year sugar and the next year learning you know it could take different for different amount different people yeah I know for me, my sugar consumption has definitely lessened with each year of sobriety. The longer I am sober, the less sugar I eat. Isn't that funny? It's weird, but true. I'm just more aware of my own health and I don't want to jeopardise this amazing body that keeps me alive. I'm, I'm just more respectful of my body. I'm not perfect, Hamish. I still stuff my face. I hide in the fridge, stuffing mm. chocolates in my face. I am not perfect, but I'm aware of it, which I never have been before in my life. I saw a post this week of a guy, I think he said it was like his 35th birthday, and he said he asked a group of 90-year-olds what advice they would give to someone on their 35th birthday. And there's a list of like 50 things. It's an amazing, amazing list. Never eat yellow snow, was that one? Yeah, that was the first one. <laughs> no, one of them was um, treat your body like it's the structure that you're going to live in for the next 70 years. Okay, yeah. You know, and like having that level of respect is like, this is something I need to live in for 70 years. It's quite a good mindset to have when you think of yeah, sugar definitely. cravings or yeah. alcohol or all of that. Like your abode, like you have to like take care of it so it doesn't fall down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is a really good analogy. So our advice would be to deal with one thing at a time. Getting sober must be your priority and then other changes you want to make can come later. You can't do everything overnight. Take your time, think about that timeline and be kind to yourself. If that involves the odd waffer thin mint, then so be it. Make healthy choices as often as you can without putting yourself under pressure. Give yourself a break. Do what you have to do to make life easier. I love the way that we're going with this, Hamish. We're just all, we're always going to lean this towards. Well, yes, this towards, has come back round yeah, to probably actually, don't eat it. it. It's really bad for you. But that is what this podcast is called. Actually, fuck it, just eat sugar, it's fine. <laughs> the only podcast available at the moment that says that. Everyone else Contradicting is like, no, ourselves. No. But in sobriety, if that is what stops you having a drink, then I'm not going to say it's a bad yeah. thing. Yeah. But I will say it's a bad thing long term. But yeah, it's a very difficult one, isn't it? Mm. The thing is, the thing to do would be to just get physically active, set yourself fitness goals, focus on those. And when you're ready, you know when that time is, you can experiment with your diet and find something that's balanced and sustainable and that will work for you long term. Be a smarty pants. Remember our episode on comfort Smart, zones? Uh, um, smarty pants. Oh, that's good. Yeah, carry on there. You should have, spe you should have spelt it. I should, I should have highlighted them, shouldn't I? Yeah. You, and then write laugh. Because of your lack of sense of humour and personality, you're not noticing my that's jokes. That's it. Yeah, yeah, sorry about that. Um, do you remember our episode on comfort zones? Yeah, use the comfort fear, learning, growth process. Maybe step out of relying on sugar to make you happy. Change the habit, replace it with something else, preferably tea or exercise over cocaine and gambling healthy choices we, we are giving this advice as two people that have failed to do this ourselves yeah we're trying we know though. this is the right thing to we do know. We, we're giving the advice from a real place yes <laughs> of experience aren't we so what we've learned is sugar in most forms is bad for you who knew but it is better than alcohol so if it's a crutch and early sobriety so be it whatever gets you through those early days 
But as time passes, so you don't die of cardiovascular disease or diabetes, it's probably best to take a deeper look into your relationship with that packet of wagon wheels. Reconsider that fruity gummy addiction and contemplate if eating a whole packet of mini eggs in one sitting could leave you feeling a bit crappy. And if feeling crappy could lead you down the rocky road to alcohol. Our advice is do a month off sugar. See how you feel. Don't forget to write a diary about it and share it on Kappa. We love to hear about this topic because it's something all sober people seem to go through. We all love chocolate and need all the help we can get. Now, Hamish, we have not done a challenge for a while. Yeah. So this is the opportunity right now. Do one together. We'll do one together from this day forward for a month. I thought you'd leave that open-ended. From this day forward, we'll never eat sugar again. No. Okay, From for this a month. day forward, okay. for a month, you and I are mm. going to not eat sugar. Yeah. Well, we're going to allow fruit mm-hmm. because I, I think fruit's healthy. And we're and not sweets mad. and chocolate Yeah, are and gummy, gummy yeah. bears are all right. <laughs> okay. Fruit. No, but we're going to do a, a, a no-sugar diet for a month and see how. And we'll write a diary. Okay. And we'll share it on the on the podcast, see the differences that we feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. For me, I know it affects my sleep is one thing for sure. Yeah, okay. And we're going to do a sleep episode soon, mm-hmm. so that might come into play a little bit. All right. Yeah, the I quote, I was going to get a quote by Eminem. That is good. But this will have to do. <laughs> That's one of your best. A balanced diet is chocolate in both hands. See, that again, we're undoing the work that I we've know, done. I know, but I'm not going to go completely anti-chocolate, am I? I'm never, ever going to be completely 100% anti-chocolate. <laughs> okay, good. I dipped into my favourite resource, Viz magazine. I'll leave you with this charming top tip. If you have an argument with your partner, convince them that they have followed through during the night by slipping a chocolate button between the cheeks of their bottom. I've got some here. <laughs> you can do it for it's Liz lovely. later. It's yeah. really good. I love, I love top tips from Viz, don't you? Yeah. There's yeah. actually a book I wanted to recommend okay. as well, which is um, a book by Dr. Robert Lustig, which is called Fat Chance, The Hidden Truth About Sugar, Obesity and Disease. So definitely check that out. Should we go and get a chocolate banana pancake and some ice cream then, Hamish? Yeah, might as well. One won't hurt. We'll yeah. start the diet after the next Oh, yeah, we'll go and have session. a blowout. Yeah, let's get off our nuts. Massive, massive sugar blowout. <laughs> Just we'll feed be me sugar out of, out yeah. of the tin. Funnel, I'll get the funnel. Yeah, get the funnel out. <laughs> If you're questioning your relationship with booze, you're struggling to moderate, or your hangovers are causing anxiety, it might be time to reach out for some support. Yeah, just talk to a mate about how you're feeling, contact a local doctor, find an AA or sobriety group. Fix got one. Yeah, just head to www.cuppa.community. Remember, if you're questioning yourself, it might be time to seek support. Even though this journey can be awkward, it is definitely worth it. And if you've enjoyed the Sober Awkward podcast, don't forget to review it, rate it, and share it with your mates. Do they have to share it with their mates? Yeah, of course they do. I'm not doing this for nothing, Hamish. Bloody hell. How do they share it? Hi there. I wanted to tell you about a podcast that I think every single one of you will benefit from. It's called Therapy Works and it's hosted by me, Julia Samuel. I'm a best-selling author and psychotherapist. I invite you into my therapy room where I speak to either a known or unknown guest. Topics range from the difficulties of divorce, a life-changing illness, to the struggles of motherhood. Search Therapy Works now wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. 
This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So, as you probably know, my comedy memoir, A Thousand Wasted Sundays, is officially out all my magnificent fuck-uppery in one awkward hit. If you'd like to get your hands on a copy, it's now available from all good bookstores. We always say all good bookstores, don't we? Yeah. Are, there, are there bad bookstores? There's probably ones with moody, moody what? sellers. Oh, yeah, really yeah. depressed librarian folks. Yes, yes, okay, yes, good, yes. Good. So there are probably some, but we're only storing it in the good ones. It's only made it into the goodies. Yeah. You can also get it from all good online retailers. The print version and ebook are out now, and the audio book will be available in March. I've been writing my memoir for five years. It will make you laugh, cry, and cringe, and hopefully inspire a few people to reconsider their relationship with booze. If you love the podcast, then I think you'll love the book, even if I do say so myself. Hamish has read it. What did you think? I feel like I know a little bit too much about you now, to be honest, Vic. Look, I really loved it. It was hilarious and surprisingly moving, but I feel like I've seen you naked in a literary sense. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah, that's worrying. Yeah. Yeah. From an emotional point of view, seriously, it wobbled my teeny weeny wooden heart, Vic. Okay. (laughs) My teeny little wooden heart. His his wooden heart is broken. Anyway, so if you do manage to get your filthy mitts on a copy, please do me a favour and head to goodreads.com and give me a review. Doing that will help me get it out there to those that need a bit of sober support. So there you have it. My story, unwanted warts and all. Come and get awkward with me. Not to be too demanding or anything, but seriously, go and buy it Yeah, go and buy it. Go and buy it right now. Yeah, don't just tell your friends. Buy it and then buy your friends one or two. Yeah, yeah, don't give them a copy. Buy it, yeah. And you know what? Don't be careful where you store it. If you lose it, you can always buy another five. Yeah, buy another one. Yeah. (laughs) Ha ha ha.